I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth Admission. A site for mass vaccines run by the federal government is coming to the Oakland Coliseum. Plus, California is no longer the worst among all 50 states in getting its vaccine doses into arms. Now it's solidly in the middle of the pack. Still, Governor Gavin Newsom's poll numbers are mediocre at best, and the recall effort to get rid of him is in full swing. Sacramento reporters Alexi Kossif and Dustin Gardner join me for the latest on our governor and his vaccine rollout. Alexi, you listened to his um, press conference earlier, and there was some news about vaccines and a big development in Oakland. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, the state is going to be partnering with the federal government to set up two new mass vaccination sites in California, including one at the Oakland Coliseum, that are going to be sort of a pilot for an effort to improve the equitable distribution of vaccines nationwide by the Biden administration. So um, they are hopefully in the next two weeks going to have that up and running and it's going to be available to try and get people, thousands of people in the door every day who are maybe not getting access to vaccines through the normal, you know, hospitals or other kinds of providers where where they've been distributed and you know there's there's a big push here to really reach out to these communities um you know low income people communities of color you know elderly who might not have access to technology that have been left behind in this early rollout right and so how will this work is it just for Alameda County folks or can anybody go and and when do you expect it to be available they're saying that they want it to be a resource for the whole region. Um, So it will sort of work on, uh, you know, Alameda County's terms, but it it won't be restricted by residents or anything like that. And the idea is to sort of work with community clinics or um, other organizations that work with underserved populations, sort of create like blocks of time that would be open to like their members or or people they serve and and get those people particularly there and vaccinated um to really address those gaps where where things are falling through. You know, we've really improved as a state um in terms of our pace of vaccination. We were, you know, the worst in the country at the start of this and and you know, we're solidly middle of the pack, but now but there's still a long way to go and and still a lot of you know issues with with the vaccine rollout that that need to be addressed. And so how many people does he want to get vaccinated at the Oakland Coliseum site when it's fully up and running? I think they're saying that they can do um hopefully 6,000 a day and they're opening another one like that down in East LA at the um you know California State University Los Angeles campus. So, you know, th- this is going to be an additional supply of vaccines and workers um coming from the federal government sort of run by FEMA on top of the stuff that the state is getting and doing itself. So, you know, hopefully when when this gets up and running, it will it will be a nice sort of boost of of some additional vaccines. Uh, Newsom was saying that we're up to over a million um vaccine doses per week now. Uh but even still, you know, we're constrained by supply. There's not enough coming from the federal government to meet the needs of everybody who wants it. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's people who are falling through the cracks who may be eligible, but they don't know it's their turn. They don't have an easy way to get somewhere to get vaccinated. They can't make an appointment. So, um, you know, the, the state 
is is really emphasizing that people sign up for this new tool they've created called My Turn that will sort of notify people when the vaccines are available to them and when um, they're eligible and, and help them make appointments and things like that to try and smooth out this process that's been so bumpy. Yeah. And it sounds like with those two new sites that the federal government just kind of drops in and takes care of everything and that the doses don't come out of the state's allotment, right? So it's just like entirely a boost. They don't come out of the state's allotment. I know that's definitely been a concern for a lot of people. This is from, you know, from our understanding, this is an additional resource that the federal government is going to be providing. And, you know, the Biden administration said today that they want to do set up a hundred of these nationwide by it within the first hundred days of their administration. So these first two in California are, you know, kind of paving the way and hopefully there'll be, you know, more to come in the months ahead. Right. And you mentioned a bit earlier that California is um, solidly in the middle of the pack, which is not really a phrase to brag about, but um, much better in terms of the percentage of doses we've received that have been put in arms. So it looks like it's in the mid-20s now in the states, um, whereas last time I looked at this chart, it was literally at the bottom behind Mississippi and Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. We we are at we're at about 64% of doses used and, you know, that there, there you've got to leave some gap there for the fact that people are setting aside, um, you know, a, a certain amount of doses to reserve as, as the second dose. Um, but that's a huge improvement over where we were even a couple weeks ago when we were at something like 30, you know, 8% maybe of, of doses used. So they've definitely picked up the pace. That's good. Um, but you're right. You can't, you can't brag about being in the middle of the pack in, unless I guess you've been 50th. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. It is better than 50th. Um, and Dustin, you've been looking at the governor's popularity or lack thereof. Um, what was polling looking like for Gavin Newsom, um, you know, back when the state was doing better? And what's it been like lately as he faces this recall effort? Yeah, it really has been a, a bad week for the governor's polling. Um, back in September, he was at about a 64 percent approval rating. This is according to the UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. This week, they came out with a new poll showing that his popularity or his approval rating has dipped to 46 percent. So that's just a pretty dramatic drop in the last couple of months, you know, about 20, uh, almost 20 points um, in that period. Um, there, there was another poll that came out from the Public Policy Institute of California that was not quite as bad. That had his approval rating at about 52 percent. Um, but even that poll was also a pretty st steep drop um, from where he was a couple of months ago. He'd gone down about 8 percent in that um, Public Policy Institute of California poll. Um, and these polls, they, they included specific issues, and th those areas showed that the governor is getting especially bad marks for his handling of the vaccine rollout and the pandemic in general. Um, with the Berkeley poll that I mentioned, um, for example, only 22 percent of, of, of registered voters polled so that he had done a good or excellent job man, uh, managing that rollout. Um, and those those factors seem to be dragging down his overall approval rating. Um, do you think that it's because so few doses were getting into arms or people were so confused? I know it was kind of a nightmare to say to call Kaiser and try to get your your parent um, an appointment. Were, were people just blaming their frustrations 
on the governor? Yeah, so th- these two polls, these were conducted um, in the last two weeks of January. So this was in that time frame, you know, w- when we were really at the bottom of the pack with uh, the distribution so far. And while things have improved, this poll was taken during that time. And that sentiment really seems to have sunk in with, with voters. It seems like people are also confused about his um, strict shutdown and then opening up right away when the numbers, they are starting to get better, but it wasn't like a dramatic change in our coronavirus numbers. So it seemed like people were a bit confused about his handling of that as well. Yeah, I mean, in you know, his poor marks weren't just on the vaccine. Like I said, it was over the handling of the pandemic overall. You know, he in one poll, he had pretty, you know, bad, bad markings on that. Another poll, he had about 50 percent approval of his handling of the of the pandemic overall. But it's not very good numbers considering, you know, polls back in September or May, for example, the governor had really high approval ratings during, um, you know, during those early stages or earlier stages of the pandemic when there seemed to be broader public support for just the the overall direction he was taking. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back. I'm talking to Sacramento reporters Dustin Gardner and Alexi Kossoff about Governor Gavin Newsom. Alexi, I know that you were noticing that he's getting some public boosts from some well-known folks as he faces this recall effort. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, the the recall proponents, they've been riding high the last couple days. They're really, like, gleeful about these these polling numbers. And um, I still think that you know, any effort to recall him is is a long shot. Um, but it's obvious that the governor and his allies are are feeling the heat because at the uh, announcement today of of this Oakland Coliseum site, that there were they were just lavishing praise of, upon him. Um, Libby Schaff came out there and she introduced him and she said, I can't tell you how lucky we are in California to have Gavin Newsom as our governor. I mean, she, you know, it's sort of almost like hello, like campaign <laughs> ad type status. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely there there was there's a union that has now started an anti-recall um you know, committee um, where they're going to be sort of raising money and and doing, you know, uh, campaign work against that. So people, you know, again, it's not certain that this is going to even qualify, but people are starting to get more serious about this and, and, you know, trying to help, you know, turn Newsom's fortunes around. Mm-hmm. And I wanted both of you to weigh in on whether this has any shot, this recall effort. Oh, definitely has a shot, but, you know, I mean, the issue is the issue is going to come down to how how many how how many valid signatures they get. Right. You they're they're submitting they're submitting a lot of signatures, but we don't know if those are going to be overwhelmingly valid or not. And the the smaller percentage of them that are valid, you know, the more and more they're going to need to submit to to get them over the line. And, And time is ticking down now. And, you know. It's a question of whether they have enough money to essentially push them over the line, I think. And and I should add that the polling um, that came out um, earlier this week, it, it showed one of the polls showed that um, more than a third of voters now support the recall. But uh, there was an interesting response from the governor's camp. Um, one of his consultants said that that isn't you know, necessarily surprising because 
roughly, you know, a third of Californians supported President Trump and a third of Californians voted for John Cox, Newsom's opponent in the 2018 um, governor's race. And so I, I think Newsom's trying has tried to play it cool and stress that his focus is on the pandemic. And several of the poster the pollsters who commented on these numbers that were coming out, you know, really stressed that aspect of it that this the recall has been gaining momentum. It does have a, a level of seriousness that it wouldn't have had a couple of months ago. Um, and really, everything comes down to the governor's handling of the pandemic now. Yeah, I I really want to like I just want to stress like I am it it's really it's really hard to imagine that, you know, he will get recalled at this point. Um, you know, even the fact that this effort is sort of, you know, I'd say looking like maybe a 50, 50 shot at this point of sort of, of crawling onto the ballot. Um, it, it's certainly notable, but Newsom won by 24 points in 2018 you know, this is a much, much more democratic state than it was in 2003 when Governor Gray Davis got elected. So there is anger, but a lot of that anger is coming from people who never liked Gavin Newsom to begin with. And the issue is whether he starts to lose Democrats and other people who were his supporters. And that that popularity has dropped, but that doesn't mean those people are going to be willing to turn on him completely and elect a Republican or something like that. Right. And our colleague Joe Garofoli had an interesting story about how recall efforts don't usually work unless there's a big name person to vote for instead, like there was with Arnold Schwarzenegger um, in the last effort. So um, anybody you hearing any movie stars (laughs) going to jump in? (laughs) Haven't heard that yet. But (laughs) one of I mean, one of the top names of the people who are running is the guy who lost to Gavin Newsom by 24 points. So I think that gives you a sense that, you know, this is not a, this is not a slam dunk, you know? Well, yeah. And I think it's important yeah, to stress that getting on the ballot and actually winning a recall election are two very different things. I mean, if, if there are enough registered re- Republicans in the state to get a recall on the ballot, but yeah, I mean, is it even close to overcoming Newsom's advantage statewide in election? That's, you know, obviously is the much harder climb. And it's interesting, his camp has even kind of stressed that practical argument, you know, do we really want to deal with this and the money that it would cost to host a recall? Um, So they seem to kind of be making that pitch to voters who might be considering signing the petition is do we want to deal with this, um, even if the governor might not be so vulnerable in a statewide race? And Dustin, then uh, lastly, we have the question of the attorney general. Uh, What's the latest on that? Yeah, so the word is that the governor has been narrowing his list in recent weeks. Um, He said today that he's not going to name anyone until Javier Becerra, the outgoing attorney general, is uh, presumably confirmed as um, Health and Human Services Secretary uh, for the Biden administration. Um, but but even the even still, um, he has started to pare down his list from what I've heard from political insiders. And there are four big names that seem to be um, most in contention for this AG appointment. We're hearing um, State Assemblyman Rob Bonta. Um, Sacramento Mayor, Mayor Daryl Steinberg, the former pro tem in the state Senate. Um, we're also hearing um, Dinah Becton, the Contra Costa County District Attorney. Um, and then a fourth name that's been in the mix has been Rick Chavez Burr, who is the executive director of Equality California, the large um, advocacy group for LGBTQ people in the state. 
Um, those four names seem to be some of the most common we're hearing, like I said, but there's a whole bunch of other names that could be potential wild cards in this mix. Um, for example, um, Congressman Adam Schiff um, down from the Burbank area, his name is still coming up. He's, uh, according to reports in recent days, he has been lobbying for the position, and that has drawn some opposition from progressive criminal justice groups who, you know, pointed to his record as a prosecutor, and they've sought to edge him out of contention. Um, so at this point, the list is getting more narrow, and now these um, handful of people who seem to be in serious contention have been either pushing endorsements or having a lot of meetings with the governor's office and trying to, you know, stay in that in that final list. Cool. And Alexi, I um, asked you this last time you were on Fifth in Mission with me, but has Gavin Newsom called on you in his press conferences yet? <laughs> <laughs> he did finally. Oh. Yes. Um yeah, it was very exciting. <laughs> um in a couple weeks ago in early January, I did finally get in a question again and it was the first time in I think um about 2 months. So, so, so he's forgiven you yeah, for breaking his French good. laundry. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> I th- I think that was, you know, maybe a, a, a an olive branch, but that was the only the only time so far. <laughs> So, alas. Well, keep me posted. I'm very curious about your relationship with the governor. Hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to do everything I can to to, you know, bring bring news to the people <laughs> even if he doesn't want to answer my question. Well, both of you are doing a great job on that front. And thanks for making time for me. Thanks for, thanks having, for us. having us. Thank you to Alexi Kossif and Dustin Gardner for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening.